Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. Well, hello. Today I have Allison Bauckham with us. She is a children's book author, and the book that she has currently written is called My Mud Kitchen is rad. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's so good to see you again. I know. Okay. So tell people how we know each other and like, she's yeah. Tell people how we know each other and then tell people all about this book and your story. And just, I just want you to talk and tell me, cause I'm like so intrigued. I don't know anything. So I've seen you on Facebook post about this book. Yeah. That's it. We haven't even spoken about it. So yeah. I am excited to learn more. Oh, cool. Thanks for having me. First of all, um, boy, how do we, you know, I think we met each other way back when we went to high school together. You're a year younger than me, I believe. Right. So, and I'm not going to say what year we graduated (laughs) or probably aging each other quite a bit then. So we were um, in the same math class. I remember that. Oh, let's not talk about that. Well, (laughs) then that's probably why I dipped more into the creative arts than math, but, Uh um, Anywho, but yeah, and then in the more recent years, my son attended Butterfly Hill Nature Preschool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and that was great, and um, a little background on on my son and why I chose it. So I, 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 I picked Butterfly Hill, A, I love you, and I loved your mission, Aww. and I loved everything about that, um, and B, uh, my son is neurodiverse. He is diagnosed with ADHD, and uh really good fit for him just to have some unstructured time. And now I did put him in a structured preschool as well, just one or maybe even two times a day, just so he wasn't caught off guard when he went yep. to the traditional school. Yep. Um, but he, I mean, where do kids flourish? Butterfly Hill Nature Preschool. It's because yeah. they, they get to play and, and learn. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yes. I had your son. I enjoyed him so much and miss him so much. Um, Tell me what made you write this book? Thanks for asking that question. Um, Well, as you come to know, I was inspired, of course, by Butterfly Hill Nature Preschool. So I've had the opportunity to plug you quite a bit in my podcasts and (gasps) my interviews. And so that's been a, I have, yeah, it's been really great. Um, but he, so he played there and I don't know what kid doesn't like to, to get muddy and dirty and messy and it's engaging. Right. And for my son, I mean, to this day, he's almost 10. He loves to play in the mud. He loves to play army guys in the mud. He likes to just play, make things up in the mud. He is dirty head to toe to the point where we might just have to have an outdoor shower hooked up to hose. So it's a fantastic idea. I know. Instead of like, please don't track that across the house again hook it up to a shower outside, put a little curtain outside, you know, that would just, I mean, one day I, somebody else brought that up and I was like, that's a really good idea. A kid brought it up to me. And I was like, that's an excellent idea. 
why not just plug the hose up to a shower and he can rinse off outside done oh my gosh kids like have the best ideas that's why like we just sometimes have to sit back and listen and and they can teach us so much yeah I know but to get back to your question I was inspired by nature um by butterfly hill Uh But my son, you know, I'm not going to say I stole the pallets, but I I did ask Sherwin Williams here in town if I could have a couple of other pallets (laughs) and they let me, they let me have it. They were out back. And so, um, I was close there. I actually walked from my old house and got the pallets. I, I put out a thing on either Craigslist or Facebook for a free sit, you know, if anybody's remodeling, if you have a free sit locally, they had that little, did I know. Uh, Habitat for Humanity. They can't sell faucets for whatever reason. They have a big oh. garbage can full of them. Must be for scrap metal or something. But oh, interesting. They gave me just a faucet to put onto my sink to make it look like a mud kitchen. I had some letters, and I just put those on to make a stencil, and I painted mud kitchen on it, and got some little tools from uh, what's that store that um, they support domestic violence in town? It's right place there. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they sell kitchen utensils, you know, for dollars yeah. on a dime. Yeah. Dime on a dollar. So, um, went there and got in, in a way I went. Oh my gosh. And, and do you still have that same mud kitchen or not? We moved. So the mud kitchen did not make it with us, but we have, um, we have a mud pit. And, Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. It used to be an old, um, garden and the garden kind of needed some turnover and I do not have a green thumb yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my son loves it so we just made a big mud pit and he's got that and he plays out there we put utensils and now violet i have a two-year-old and so she's coming up next she'll have and i will have a mud kitchen for her (gasps) yeah okay i want to talk more about mud kitchens and like ideas for mud kitchens so stay tuned for that but i want to know about this book and like why you wrote it and like what it's about and where people can like find out more information about it. So tell me all those things. Absolutely. And thanks for asking again. Um, Mm -hmm. so my mud kitchen is rad. I wrote it about three years ago and then I tabled it. I went the traditional publishing route where you find a publishing company and then go through the editorial process. They pick an illustrator for you. You pay a lot of money up front and kind of cross your fingers and hope that it works out. And I, I, I just, A, I couldn't swing it. And B, I just thought, you know, I don't know that this is necessarily for me. Yeah. It just seemed, it seemed hard for me. So I tabled it. And now this past summer, I found all about um, independent publishing and you can do indie publishing by yourself or um, hire form editors and editors and illustrators yourself. And you get to really put your personal stamp on it. So I resurrected my idea. I Uh sent it to, gosh, I've sent it out to editing for professional editing now a few different times, a couple different editors and hired my illustrator, George Sweetland. He's from Maryland. He's just the (gasps) coolest, Kristen. He's a third grade teacher. He designs um, micro brew labels for the breweries out there. How did you find him? You know, I'm just a geek for illustrations and good books, good illustrated books. And I just... I, I weed and weed and weed through page. Like I just find something that speaks to me and I contact people. So the person who wrote, um, our classroom is a family. So I almost had her 
illustrate. Okay. Okay. So that's a pretty big book right now, but, um, I found George and I absolutely fell in love with him and he's just the sweetest, easiest guy to work with. So fun. So innovative with his little illustration. They're actually kind of like a throwback kind of sort of super cute. So it resurrected the idea, um, and then put it on a timeline and now hired a mentor from New Jersey, a millennial, which has been <laughs> Because millennials are good for something. I love millennials. I know. Like, I have learned so much from millennials. Tech, like, right. real. Tech, tech they, they teach me everything. I'm like, yes. oh okay, where would I be? So anyways, but so he had done a Kickstarter before. Um, he's done actually five Kickstarters for his children's books. His name is Josh Becker and he has the Aiden and Annabelle series on, uh, you can find it wherever. He's okay. had five super successful Kickstarters and he's has like a huge following and he writes some controversial type of children's books like what happens uh when you die and it might be instead of 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 talking about the heavens and stuff like that he actually he writes science books for kids so he talks about how the energy is transferred from energy is never lost that kinds of thing or um, okay. the theory of evolution and those kinds of things. anywho so hired him my book is out um pretty soon my kickstarter will be out january 19th Okay. Uh, super cool. Super cute. It has a lot of vocabulary in it tied to ethnic foods too. So kimchi, naan, and those would be good conversation starters, said ways for kids to learn about ethnic foods or even have start conversations about race. Yep. Um, things like that. Definitely good conversation starters about nature play, uh, yeah. sensory stuff. Like I said, my kid has ADHD and I think you know just getting his hands dirty messy getting him creative getting him thinking yeah. away from screens getting him outside that's also good so definitely also, yeah okay so now I read it that you are doing it in two different fonts tell me about that thanks yeah um so my day job I'm a dyslexia teacher so mm-hmm. an elementary dyslexia teacher and I've been just immersed in the culture of the science of reading now and structural literacy for a long time working real hard with that but I decided to print this book in the two different fonts so one is an original font and the other is a font that helps dyslexics um, with the ease of reading so dyslexia is not a visual disability or superpower as I call it it's a mm-hmm. neuro it's in, it, it's in your brain. It's a, it's a processing thing in your brain. So you can have all different, um, things that tie into dyslexia, whether it's spelling or writing or reading, they all present themselves as dyslexia though, but this would just help the ease of the reader. And I hope to bring awareness to the dyslexic population. That is really amazing. I have a dyslexic son and it's very challenging. I mean, <laughs> Um, having or living with dyslexia, however you want to say it is, uh, it's, it's challenging as a parent to, especially if like you didn't know anything about it before and to try and navigate that it's a very, very challenging thing. So I think that that is amazing that you are like bringing awareness to that. And when I saw that you were printing it in the dyslexic font, I was like, this is so rad. Rad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. One in five people have dyslexia. So, um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's usually hereditary. So, um, and 40% of kids with ADHD are dyslexic. So there's a big tie there. And, but the cool thing about dyslexia on a, on a, a, we'll, we'll end this part on a really cool 
cool place is that they're insanely creative. So myself, I have dyslexia too. And um, for some reason, you know, there, there's a statistic out there that, you know, I don't know, some odd percent, like a high percentage of them will end up in the prison system, prison pipeline, school to pipeline, because they're not getting the structured literacy that they need. They, yeah. they need multi-sensory systematic structured literacy. They have to train their neural pathways. Um, but they're also twice as likely to become CEOs than the regular people. They are, they are, their ability to think outside the box, to see patterns, to be creative, um, to try new things. They don't have that, that mentality that would stop them from trying something. And maybe that's the impulsivity maybe tied to ADHD. I don't know, but, um, yeah, they're really, really usually typically create really creative people. So you're talking famous people like Dax Shepard, Jennifer Anderson, Steve Jobs. I mean, it's not a, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're talking about very artsy yeah. creative people. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell us what your website is. Tell us where people can connect with you. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, my website is allisonbockhamauthor.com, A-L-L. I-S-O-N, Bacham is B as in boy, A-K-K-U-M as in Mary, at, oh no, author, A-U-T-H-O-R.com. And from there, you can click the link to my Kickstarter, which okay. starts, in, Kickstarter is just a crowd, crowd, crowdfunding program. And in my case, I'm just taking pre-orders for my book. So yep. what that does is it, it'll help with the, the cost of printing and shipping because I'm printing across these. So, okay. Yeah. How many books do you have to print at one time? You can print anywhere from a thousand to ten thousand. So, but the bulk, bulk, bulk is it, it's it's a little bit more economical than doing the print-on-demand services. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. How many do you think you're going to print the first time? What are you hoping for? I'm hoping to run a, a thousand at least for the first oh. run. Yeah, and then that'll be hardcover, and then I might release a soft cover sometime way down the line. But yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to get it for Butterfly Hill. <gasps> okay. Um, now let's talk mud kitchens. Yes. Tell me, so you gave, you talked about a few ideas of mud kitchens. Okay. So like, you know, Pinterest shows mud kitchens that are beautiful and gorgeous and set up so neatly that that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any ideas for people? Like, of how they can do like a quick start mud kitchen, just like one day, bing, bang, done, get your mud kitchen going. So you don't have to overthink it. Do you have any ideas for people? Pinterest does have a lot of cute ideas. You're right. Um, and when I put out a call for action for my Kickstarter campaign, I actually, I, I started a launch page for my book, um, through Facebook too. And I, I had reached out to all these different people and all these different groups. Please, if you have a mud kitchen, could you please send me a picture of it? Boy, that was so well received. I received hundreds of photos from all around the world of all mud kittens of all varying shapes, colors, um, you know, creativity. Some of them were like an old rusty stove in the woods that were just there. And, um, and some of them were cute painted, even etched with their names, you know? So I think they vary. I think if you're just going to do it quick and dirty, maybe just the palette idea was easy. I don't even know that you need, I mean, what do you think? Like maybe even just a tub of mud, like, right. No. Okay. So here's, here's what I did for my kids this summer. We had like two benches on the side of like our table for our deck. 
-hmm. and they were just long wood benches. And so I put those out as, um, like countertop spaces for them. And then I actually had a bathroom vanity counter that we had ripped out during quarantine of our bathroom and the sink was still in it and everything. And so I seriously plopped that on top of the sides of the two benches. So it like held it up and then put like went through my cupboards and found all sorts of old pots and pans and spoons, like things that I was like, Oh, I'll just like update this at a later point. <laughs> and, um, gave them buckets of water, strung the hose over and like they used it. Hours. Yeah. Hours. It was fantastic. There was one day I even put a, uh, like a kiddie pool next to it filled with water. Um, it was, and then like, what I think is so cool is my kids then will go around the yard and pick things off of trees and flowers and crab apples and milkweed pods and like all of these things. And they'll use all of that in their kitchen to oh. cook or I'll give them like old vegetables out of the fridge that are like on yeah. the verge of being gross. Yeah. That nobody can touch and give them those things and like let them go to town. And then we have had times where it's become like a moldy, nasty mess with like maggots and things. So like, <laughs> just be careful with that. Maybe we, maybe we don't want to plug that part, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, quick start. So I love your shower idea and I was going to elaborate on that a little bit. We, something that I think could really work well is um, if you put, like a pallet down underneath it, oh, then all the mud will run down off your body and underneath you so that you don't have to like stand in the muddy water. Gosh, you're good. So that's a good idea. There was an idea I had. I've seen, I've seen some people just put like rocks too, like, mm -hmm. and then you can stand on rocks, pavers, but I think the pallet idea, we actually this idea actually did come from Butterfly Hill because we do have like this giant plastic palette that I have no idea where it came from. And it's been phenomenal for things like this because they can stand on top of the black plastic palette. It never rots or anything. And then we just like hose off their mud suits okay. and like they're on their way. You know, I'm glad you just brought up the term mud suit because that is in the book. <gasps> Is it? It is. And it's directly, and I've contacted Okiwear too. And so they want to buy uh, my book too. And, and Boggs, because those are all things that, you know, were recommended by Butterfly Hill Nature Preschool. And I loved the idea of a mud suit. And so it's dual purpose, rain suit, mud suit, you know? And yeah. So yeah, that's in, we, 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 what is it? We zip up our mud suits, pull up the hood, throw on our boots and now we're all good or something. Oh! My line is, yeah, it's really cute. What color are the mud suits in the book? Do you know yet? I do. I have my cover art and I specifically, my, my, my cover was a big deal. So this book was dedicated to my kids, Flynn yeah. and Violet. And so Flynn's actual mud suit was blue. If you like, I do remember. Yep. Yeah. So his was blue. So I asked my illustrator, please make his blue. And my daughter's name is Violet. So I had him make her color Violet. Mm. Well, I tied it in that way because I, it's personal to me. Totally. And then okay. I sent him a picture of our mud kitchen and he kind of drew his picture based on our, oh. our little mud kitchen. How phenomenal. Like, I just, I'm so proud of you for doing this. And I just think it's so, 
I just love that there's like ties to Flynn's preschool experience in the book. So that's well, fantastic. It would be really possible without inspiration from Butterfly Hill, oh. right? You. Mm. Uh, okay. So we talked a little bit about cleaning up. Um, we talked about easy mud start ideas. Okay. Mater- like, tell me th- things that you would add to your mud kitchen, like materials, like loose parts, or like what types of things did you make available to your kids? Anything um, they could find in the garage. So... <laughs> not necessarily nails um and you know if I'm being totally honest and transparent I didn't always supervise I just kind of I let them go um they you know sometimes they didn't have hammers but they had their own little hammer plastic hammer tool set out there um he had pots and pans like I said we made twig art and hung it so he had like a little cafe and little wind chime thing with washi tape on it it was so cool um spoons he, Flynn, loves to do metal detecting. So anything that he found in the ground when he was metal detecting usually went in there. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, we had a jar of treasures, I think. You know, when we go on our walks, I think we had jars of treasures out there, too. <gasps> my son always has plastic army guys. Yeah. Um, still to this day, no matter what. I mean, hundreds. Always, they're, always, they're everywhere all the time. Um, his army guys always helped him. So that's in the book. Um, oh, my gosh. All loose parts, buttons, any, any, anything. We had uh, pine trees right by us. So the big, we had little pine needles and big pine needles. So the big pine needles could be brushes and stuff like that. And then the little pine needles, he would stir into, you know, the kitchen. And we had neighbor girls that would come over and they had their, of course, they had like their nice little utensils and we didn't have anything nice, but that's okay. (laughs) It gets, it gets dirty really fast. So even if it was nice at one point, it's not nice once it gets in the mud kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. But boy, did we have a blast. You know, if there was a lot of any found objects, rocks, we always have rocks always in there. Um, Worms, always, there's always worms. There was always dirt. There was always every, you know, anything around the garage and the house and stuff. Tree cookies are a thing that we like to put in ours at preschool. Like just this, like the slices of tree branch. Mm -hmm. Just because yeah. they use them for like pancakes and they use them for burners to make burners on their stove or whatever it may be. And then they're like, after a while, the tree cookies split and then they look like pie pieces. So then it becomes like a whole, its whole own thing. So we love tree cookies. Um, one thing like for table space that we have used is just electrical spools, small electrical spools for tables for kids. Um, we also have found like cheap tables at Ikea that are plastic, which <clears throat> down is easier. Exactly. And then they can haul them around themselves and they can make them into whatever they want to make them into. And now how so, do you keep those? Are those good for the winter or you guys? Yeah. Call them? Okay. They're holding Oh up. my gosh. Yeah. We have like these blue small kids, Ikea plastic tables and they have been, I don't know, probably six years we've had them out there and they live outside and they're outside all winter and they have been fine. They don't crack or anything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Another thing. So our, when we first got our mud kitchen at preschool, it was actually, um, the person who made it made like a, he took like actual pipe and made that a faucet out of the pipe and then had a hose hookup underneath it. So you could hook it to a hose. And then he had like a turn on off thing. Um, our mud kitchen is way too far away from a water source. So how our kids at preschool haul water to the mud kitchen is in one of those big black, uh, garden carts. Perfect. So they'll go up 
to the top of the outdoor classroom, fill up the wagon. Together. It's hilarious. What? Teamwork. They fill it yeah. up together. Yeah, because they have to haul it all the way down. And it's like, it's like, it, it ends at the bottom with like a fourth of the amount of water in it because it splashed everywhere the whole way down. It's my favorite thing to watch. Enter four and five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else? I, uh, I, I was, tra- what was I talking about? I was talking about mud kitchen, just things we have. Yep. And you said you were talking about the tables and loose parts and you yeah. Said oh, yeah. And- stumps, like having stumps around that they can move around are fantastic. Our mud kitchen has been so used over the past seven years that the ground has actually risen around it. <laughs> so it's like That's so great. short now. I swear it's probably like six inches. The ground has built up around it. So it's like at their knee height now because there's so much dirt and sand underneath it. It's so funny. One thing too that I really liked at Butterfly Hill, and I can't remember if it was in the mud kitchen or the digging part, but you had um, bone antlers. Some yeah. Were they moose antlers or something? Um, we have cow bones all over in our outdoor classroom. I remember there being a big bone scooper though. It was like really cool. And the kids, oh. I mean, they just love it. The moose antler is inside. Yes, okay. you're remembering the moose antler. That is inside. Um, but how cool would that be to have a little, cause that one's, it's huge that, that antler, okay. but like, wouldn't it be so cool to have like a smaller moose antler yeah. to use for scooping? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that area too. I remember they would hide it and then they would dig it out and they would, yeah. do, I mean, it's just so, and then the teepees you had there and that, yeah. the twig teepee. I mean, it's just a winter wonder. It's or a winter one. It's a kid's wonder. It is. It is. It totally is. And it's so dirty all the time but we love that it looks like a junkyard and that's that's okay and that's what a mud kitchen will eventually look like a junkyard it's the it doesn't really always look pretty okay going back to um you said I'm gonna be honest I don't really supervise I'm all for that I like like kids need to be kids and they need to have their space to do what they need to do to make their own decisions to wonder about the world around them, to be curious without an adult eye telling them, oh, don't do that. Or, oh, you should make this. Or, oh, I love to make mud pies when I was little. So let's make a mud pie. Um, so I like, thank you for mentioning that because I think that that's a, a huge important part of being a child is having the freedom and the flexibility and the free range childhood that we grew up in um, that's kind of stripped away from our kids. So, I mean, as long as you don't have like sharp knives, this is my opinion, as long as there's not like sharp steak knives and you're letting a two-year-old loose outside alone with a steak knife in the mud kitchen, like I'm all for don't, don't interfere in their play. Like let them have the experience and make it their own experience. So right. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, do you, are you aware that mud has like properties in it that are immune boosting? I did not know that. I do know um, like Native Americans used to use mud a lot because it has a lot of minerals in it. Okay. And healing properties. So like if you ever go to um, our sulfur, like the sulfur that's in the mud or the iron and stuff. So if you go to a sulfur spring and it stinks and you get into the water, well, there was a lot of healing properties in that water. So I remember, I, I, I know a little bits and pieces about that, but I did not know 
I know uh, bark off of a birch tree that the white, if yeah. you put that on your skin, that's a natural 30, 30 proof sunblock. Are you serious? Serious. I, I'm, that's a naturalist type of thing that I've learned along the way. So yeah, that was, have you it. ever done it? I have done. I did have. it work. I don't know. I, did. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, every time you see, I mean, if you go out to Carl state park or something around here and you don't have your sunblock in the spring, who would think after our long gray winters to bring your sunblock out to Carl state park, if you're going to go hiking. So you might as well just, I mean, it can't hurt. Right. Oh. Hmm. Well, and people do mud masks all the time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's fancy. That is fancy. Yeah. So it, I don't even, I don't know what it's called. The there's like a, it's like a bacteria, like a healthy bacteria in mud. I mean, I've read about it before, but okay. I, I'm not a sciencey person, so I don't remember what it's called, but there is some sort of a thing. So like, because of that, um, I, I think there's a lot of parents who like want to stay away from the mess of the mud kitchen and like dirt is bad and dirt is not good for you. And dirt is good for you. Like dirt. it is so good for you. It boosts your immune system. It keeps like, it keeps you healthier than if you aren't touching mud ever at all in your life. So very cool. Yeah. Let, your, let your listeners chime in on that too. If they know the properties in mud, that would be interesting to hear. I would love to know that too. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't. Um, I just would love for people to get their hands on the book any which way they could. Um, you can buy in bulk the first 48 hours of my Kickstarter are the most important for you guys. And for me, um, I'll be offering a, a discount. So those first 48 hours, just try to scoop up as many as you can, if you want. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. okay. So January 19th is the Kickstarter date. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We can find that on your website, alisonbacamauthor.com. There's a click me button. That'll take you right to Kickstarter. Um, and then you'd sign up at Kickstarter and there's a little green button on Kickstarter. that says like notify me on launch. So you click that and then you're all signed up ahead of time. And then Kickstarter will throw you an email the day of um, my social media. You can follow me at my mud kitchen is rad on any, you can type it into any social media and find it there. And um, yeah, just pumped about it. So well, congratulations. I can't wait to see like how the first 48 hours go. I'm going to hop on and get my copies for the preschool and for myself that day. So I'm going to be on. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, my dear, for hopping on to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And I just love you. And I, I, I love Butterfly Hill Nature Preschool. And Aww. I can't wait for Violet to, to head over there. Yeah. How old is she? I don't want to wish away she's, my time, but she's two. She's two. Yeah. When does she turn three? That would be in October. So she's oh. going to date a little bit for the entry yeah. in September, but um, hopefully maybe we can try to get her over there and get her coming a little bit and she needs yeah. to get dirty. She's kind of a princess. So, oh my gosh. Well, you can dress her like that, but she's a little finicky. So we're going to have to toughen her up a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I'm up for the challenge. All right. Very Adios, cool. my dear. You have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Pasta, pasta. Thank you. Bye. 
Okay, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.